Welcome to Pieces for My Puzzle. I'm your host, Nikki Ship, and I'm excited to be sharing with you my life with a son on the spectrum. This podcast is for anyone who is looking for quick tips and perspective, but most of all, for hope and inspiration. So sit back, relax, and let's put the pieces together. Welcome back to another episode of Pieces for My Puzzle. I'm your host, Nikki Ship. I hope everyone had a fantastic summer break. We took a long extended break, so we are finally back up in full swing uh, with the podcast. But I do hope that you guys had a great summer, and hopefully you're getting back into the swing with school and work and, and just life in general. Speaking of getting back into the groove of school and life, one of the topics I wanted to talk about today was actually about routine disruption. Um, reason being is we had a little bit of a hard summer with Drayson, and uh, he had a really rough time this summer with the lack of routine and um, transitioning. So I started delving into some more research about routine disruption and how it can be really hard for somebody with autism. I think sometimes we tend to take the attitude of they're just being difficult or why can't they understand that we just need to go run an errand real quick or or do something simple? And um, I, I decided to kind of look into this and and to really try to delve into why uh, it, it is hard for kids with autism. So with that, I came across some quick tips and things to do to help them to understand and maybe make a, a transition or changing the routine a little bit easier for you. Um, I also spoke to a friend of mine recently, which was interesting. She was at the airport and uh, witnessed um, an autistic adult that was struggling at the airport. They were getting ready to go on a flight. They had to deplane due to mechanical reasons. And she said that it was really hard to watch because she wasn't sure how to help him. He kept trying to ask the people that work there for help and to try to um, <clears throat> figure out when their flight would be taking off. And he was very stressed out because he knew that if he didn't get any place on to this certain place he had to be on time, that it was going to disrupt his schedule. And he was trying to explain that to them to the point where he was even reciting, um, I guess, uh, the Disabilities Act law. And um, my girlfriend was telling me that it was really hard for her to watch because she didn't quite know how to help him. So, you know, between that conversation and, and some things that we went through with Drayson this summer, I thought this would probably be a good topic to discuss. So, like I said, I thought I'd give you some quick tips on how you can help prepare when disruption occurs, um, because th this is just life. Life is going to throw us plenty of curveballs. So, but before we do, there's a few things that I think it's important to make sure that we all understand. And in the realm of autism, reality for an autistic person can actually be really confusing. And I think that these are things to keep in mind, especially when you're trying to help uh, someone on the spectrum with transition or um, anything that's spontaneous, right? Because their coping mechanisms might be different. Uh, reality can feel unpredictable to a person on the spectrum, and rules are very important for some autistic people. My son is a 100% like that. If we have rules in place, if we have structure, he will follow it to a T. Minor changes can be really distressing to them and can even cause bouts of anxiety, which, again, I've noticed with Drayson, um, he will get very, very upset. Um, he tends to get very fidgety. He has a very, very hard time. And you can actually see his anxiety peak um, if we're changing the routine without a lot of notice on him. Uh, routines can be very, re re 
excuse me, ritualistic, pardon me, in nature. And that's why they want to stay in their sequence. So sequencing can be difficult if you're going from one task to the next and you're changing it without them knowing. Um, abstract concepts such as time aren't easy for them to understand. And uh, you've probably noticed if you know anyone on the spectrum or if you have a kiddo, um, they have a hard time waiting. Um, they don't have a concept of time and that's difficult for them. And they can sometimes exhibit compulsive behaviors. Um, it doesn't necessarily mean that they have OCD, but it can also show that way. So all these things are important to keep in mind when you're talking about moving or changing the schedule on someone that, that has autism. So here's some quick tips to avoid um, a disruption altogether, because I think there's, there's some things that you can anticipate. So on in terms of situations where you can anticipate that a potential disruption might come to their schedule, some of these quick tips might be beneficial for you. If you know that change is coming, be proactive in finding out what the specific changes are and what's involved. So if you're traveling or maybe a change in the school schedule um, or even people coming over to your home for dinner, maybe you're going to have guests over, um, anything that is not the normal routine that you know that's going to be on the schedule, um, consider being prepared to know what those specific changes are. Um, we're getting ready to take a trip um, here in a couple months and we're already uh, trying to explain to Drayson that we have a trip coming up um, and we're getting ready to put that on our countdown calendar. We have a countdown calendar that we use sometimes with him. And we try to really describe the change. And that's the, uh, the second quick tip is to describe the change. Uh, mark it on the calendar. Encourage that person to do, uh, to do a countdown. Um, you can even try to use clear language and just limit your gestures, okay, or expressions when you're describing things. Um, a great example would be um, for example, going to the doctor's office. If you don't like going, try not to show your facial expression about how you feel about the doctor's office because they will catch up on that. And that's just not for any child, I guess, on the spectrum. I mean, kids in general, I think, catch our expressions and our reactions to things. So especially if you're trying to um, transition them or get them ready for something that might be a little bit stressful. Um, it's not that you're trying to hide it from them. You're just trying to hide your predisposition about how you feel about it. Uh, use visual supports if needed. Um, we use a calendar, like I've mentioned before in previous episodes. If you're going um, to a place, try to show them maybe pictures of what it looks like ahead of time. Um, as I said, we're planning a trip, so we're showing him pictures of where we're going and what we can do. And um, th when it gets closer to time, my plan is to show him pictures of the airplane because we will be flying, um, getting on an airplane, and how we check in for um, – our flight and why we have to maybe sit and wait a few minutes until it's time to get on the plane, um, as well as other tactics. We'll have some things to keep him occupied, but it's important that he knows that it's coming. And so visual supports are, are really big in our home, and they've, they've been highly effective for us. Um, as I mentioned, sequencing can be really hard for them. So even a list of upcoming activities, um, a now and next board, um, sometimes we'll just do an activity list and he can cross them off as we go so he knows what's coming and what's happening. Sometimes we can use a timer to indicate when an activity is finished. So if um, maybe an event or an appointment that we're done, or maybe they're getting fussy during that appointment, sometimes if I set a timer and I let Drayson know that we have about 10 more minutes, that will ease his anxiety on, on when it's time to go and leave. Because sometimes Drayson just wants to get back to what Drayson wants to do. 
And so it's just, it, it appears like it's a complete disruption to him. It's a complete inconvenience to him. So by us putting on that timer, excuse me, he's able to um, calculate a little bit more because, again, his concept of time is, is completely different. Um, you can also consider a transition box, um, a little container with activities or sensory items for them to do while they're waiting. Maybe you have an app on your phone, um, something that you can give them a time limit to and, and entertain them if you're, if you're trying to keep them occupied while you're in that, at that event, appointment, activity, whatever it is. Um, and then there's some things that we can't necessarily anticipate, right? Life happens, disruptions are going to happen, schedules are going to change, sometimes spontaneously. And so we also need to know how to de-escalate sometimes a disruption. So I do have some a few quick tips for you as well on how to de-escalate a disruption. Um, the first one is just to be an observer. Look for signs of distressed behavior and maybe what's trigger- triggering them. Sometimes what I think is triggering Drayson isn't always what it is. Um, Check your surroundings. It could be a person, a sound, a smell. Maybe it's a color. I know we've talked about that in past episodes. Why can't color also be maybe a sensory um, disruption for them? So try to locate what is triggering them and look for signs of anxiety. Um, That's one thing I really look for with Drayson. Like I said, he gets fidgety. He'll get really upset. He has a very difficult time. So maybe look for signs of of that type of distress behavior. Sometimes they can show aggression. We are really lucky that Drayson is not aggressive. But, um, you know, over my years of talking with parents, we have found that, you know, there are some kids that do get aggressive. So such as biting, spitting, even hair pulling. Um, Try to respond quickly and filter your response as well. Calm and clear answers with short verbal comments or commands are going to be your best bet in the middle of trying to de-escalate maybe a potential tantrum. Uh, Limit your verbal comments. It could potentially reinforce that behavior. And just like I said to maybe limit your facial expressions when you're prepping them, it's the same thing in the middle of the de-escalation. Maybe uh, try to go ahead and, and limit your facial expressions and just be very factual about what you're saying to them. Try to redirect the behavior. Tell um, him or her that what they need to do instead of focusing on the behavior itself. Um, A perfect example of this is instead of like Drayson might yell. Um, So instead of me saying, Drayson, stop yelling or Drayson, you know, put your hands down, um, you could say, shift to what the focus of, of the task is maybe. Drayson, that was a great job focusing on your breathing if you're trying to get them maybe to do some breathing techniques. Great job focusing on your breathing or um, great job with your puzzle if they're working on an activity. So you can either identify what a great job they're doing with their coping mechanisms or maybe with what they're doing within an activity or, or a structured event. Okay. Provide sensory opportunities um, for aggressive behavior. These I did look up because, like I said, we don't necessarily have um, – Drayson doesn't tend to be aggressive, but um, these are always, I think, good things to know. So um, if they have a tendency to want to bite, the one thing to keep in mind is it's a not a malicious reaction to you. It's a stressful reaction that they're having to the disruption. So if they – biting is a sensory – Um, it's a coping mechanism. It's part of their sensory. So if that's the case, provide them maybe something crunchy to eat like carrots 
or maybe chew a piece of gum. Um, they even make these bite blocks that are um, like chewy for kids that just like hang on a uh, a string and they're they they're like spongy, kind of rubbery. Um, you can get like almost like a little bite block that they can bite down on if they feel stressed. Something to divert their attention from actually biting you or somebody else. Um, pinches. Some kids like to pinch. Drayson actually pinched when he was little. Um, and we did steer away from that by some of the techniques that we helped um, coach him on. But one thing you can do is give them silly putty, Play-Doh, or even like a stress ball, but something that's pliable so that they can use their hands and really, if they feel like they, the need to pinch, they can use that material to really hunker down and pinch. But it's also pliable enough that it's not going to hurt them. Um, if, uh, if maybe you've experienced hitting, um, immediately going into a clapping rhythm, uh, a clapping type song or a rhythm to break it up. Sometimes I'll just start clapping um, uh, just to get Drayson's attention, um, not necessarily because he hits, but you can disrupt the pattern by maybe tell encouraging them to start clapping. Um, that might be beneficial. Um, I've done that, though, to just kind of disrupt. If he's yelling, sometimes I'll clap to get his attention and then redirect him. Um, hair pulling is another one for some kids. Uh, make sure that you tie your hair back if you have long hair, okay? And use a piece of rope for them. Um, maybe get a piece of rope and 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 use it like a tug of war. Um, you could even maybe try to turn it into a game, but something where they feel like they're also alleviating alleviating that sensory because that's really what it is. They're trying to cope with the disruption. They're upset. They want you to know that they're upset, but they might not know how to communicate that. And they're stressed. So to do sensory type behaviors is what's going to help them to be less stressed. So um, I thought that was a great idea using a piece of rope um, to tug on and maybe make it, make it into a game like a tug of war. Um, you can provide opportunities for relaxation if you have a spot in your home. Maybe you have a little corner that they can sit in and listen to music and relax. Um, we use essential oils, which I've also mentioned on previous podcasts as well. But we use different types of essential oils maybe to either um, rub on his shoulders or on the back of his neck um, or even diffuse in a room. Uh, look at slow motion items that can also sometimes help to calm them down. Um, there are some apps, I think on, on cell phones now on your smartphones where you can watch the slow movement of things. Um, anything that's in slow motion that might be slower or calmer will probably be very comforting to them. Um, I say go old school and go buy a lava lamp. <laughs> you can watch the lava lamp move. Um, exercise is also beneficial, um, running, jumping, doing exercises, anything that helps calm their sensory system. Um, and that's something that we do with Drayson. As I've mentioned also on previous podcasts, we work out with Drayson. He goes to the gym with a trainer twice a week and then works out in the home. So exercise has been really beneficial to kind of calm his sensory input system as well. And um, lastly, get help. If you are feeling that you're running into a wall, not sure how to maybe help uh, help the situation when disruption does occur, turn to your behavior specialist if you have one or your home care team. Tell them what you're struggling with. A lot of times they can help structure goals to um, teach that, that differently to the child and for you too. They can also help coach you maybe with some tips and tricks on things that you can do. 
Um, also consider finding support from other parents and get ideas from them as well. Maybe you have some other friends that also have a child on the spectrum, but find support from other parents and, and look to get ideas from them or speak, like I said, speak to your care team about your concerns. This concludes our episode for today. I hope you found it helpful. If you have questions, comments, or even a show topic that you would like to share with me, please send me an email at info at piecesformypuzzle.com. I would love to hear from you. If um, you like what you're hearing, please spread the word to others so that we can help more parents and families and friends um, throughout this world and make sure that we can help all of our 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 friends and family that are on the spectrum. And feel free to give us a good rating on your preferred podcast platform of choice as well. And don't forget to like and follow us on Instagram and subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already. Thanks again for tuning in. And until next time, keep working on your puzzle. And remember, you don't have to have it all solved in a day. Take care. <laughs>